Hi, everyone. So wonderful to see you all. And we are going to open this retreat up with a beautiful song to lead us into the present moment. And uh, this song came to me right before we had our Strawberry Field Festival at our monastery. And uh, it's called The Holy Instant.
Okay. Well, welcome everyone. Yeah, Lisa and I just landed in Mexico last night from our thirty-day mystery school in the monastery, and we feel so glad and so honored to be able to be here and join you all tonight. And the next couple of days for this holy instant retreat.、Mm. And before we actually start, I thought I just want to read、um, one sentence to kickstart this whole thing, and you know, set it in our mind because this sentence is also the sentence that starts the whole holy instant chapter in A Course in Miracles, chapter fifteen. And this sentence, I think a lot of us are very familiar. I'm just gonna read it. Can you imagine what it means to have no cares, no worries, no anxieties, but merely to be perfectly calm and quiet all the time? That's how Jesus started this. Whole chapter and many many sections about holy instant. Hmm, <sighs> it's delicious. Yeah, like Francis said, we just got done with this beautiful, this beautiful gift,、uh, the Tabula Rasa Mystery School, and yeah, I came home last night and 
Uh, we actually showed a, a movie during the mystery school being there with uh, it's Chauncey Gardner. And it was so beautiful because I moved my room and I ended up in the garden. And I, I now have this beautiful garden. And it was so, yeah, mystical because last night I came home. We got off the plane. Well, actually, we had all these holy encounters on the plane. We were upgraded to first class. We had the first seat. We were the first people through immigration. And we were like, went right in. And I I ended up in the garden. And and it just felt, yeah, just so deep. And so I'm so grateful. Yeah, just to be able to, you know, it's all for me that... You know, I'm teaching myself over and over and over and over again the holy instant. And we had that opportunity for 30 days with 24 students. And I see a lot of them here. I see Mariah. I see different ones all here. Hi, Donna. I see you all here. So beautiful. It's like the continuation of the holy incident. I remember doing during the retreat, it felt like when someone would tell me about yesterday, it felt like, weeks ago or months ago because we were just like so present and so yeah just continually reconnecting in the holy instant and i was thinking last night just how yeah you know, just how grateful i am just to practice forgiveness and yeah like it's our life is just the holy instant is just practicing forgiveness over and over and over and over again yeah, we were just saying, you know, like a whole retreat dedicated to a holy instant is so beautiful because this this is it. This is the core of the whole teaching. And yet, how can you talk about the holy instant? I remember someone used to ask David, which I just love, absolutely love that answer. Someone asked, is this, is this uh, path a process or an instant? And his answer was, it's a process until it's an instant, but really it's an instant. And recently I just have this experience. I thought, oh my God, it is truly an instant. And all the time that seems to be happening is to prepare, to prepare the readiness for this instant and for the mind to completely be willing to say, all I want is you, spirit, and I don't want any past anymore. And I don't want any concerns for the future anymore. And it takes seemingly a long time for that readiness. And yet, really, actually Jesus said in, I think it is in the same chapter, something to, the same, to that effect that all the time is for you to prepare your readiness for accepting the Holy Instant, and yet it takes me, the Holy Spirit, no time to undo everything. Mm. So it's like in this instant, for the ego, it's so hard to accept that all the errors, all the misperception, all the misidentification, all the judgment concerns that we ever had in our life can be undone in an instant. That is so hard to, to believe and accept, to be accepted by the ego. And yet this is the lesson the Holy Spirit wants us to, to learn through experiencing it for ourselves. 
That's why I thought this this sentence is so beautiful. It is a question: Can you imagine what it means to have no cares, no worries, no anxieties, but merely to be perfectly calm and quiet? And I feel that is truly why we're all here coming together.、Mm. You know, we're not really here to discuss collection of words, trying to find meaning in, you know, even you know specifics. What we're really here to do is an immediate result,、mm. and somewhere in our journey, we realize that an immediate result is possible. We don't have to buy into some kind of egoic、um, belief that Holy Spirit curriculum or result is far in the future. Our happiness has to be far in the future. You know, somewhere in our mind, we. We have tasted this instant happiness,、mm. and I believe that's why we're here. That's why we're do- doing this:、mm. is to be able to join together in an experience that, in this very experience, we can see the totality of reality. We can see that there is no past or future that has absolutely any grasp. On us, on who we are, and we don't have to go there anymore. And this instant can be eternal to us if we choose to be.、Mm. So, from the bottom of my heart, we welcome you, and we we were so glad you said yes and you choose to sign up to give yourself this experience for. For three days of、mm. no worries, no concerns, and we tap into something completely beyond this world, completely beyond time, beyond this weekend, beyond this little life as we know it that has a beginning and an end. We tap into something that is completely eternal, and this is the gift that we give to ourselves right now、mm-hmm. and forever. Together.、Mm. Beautiful. So, so I just saw a flash of screen of David over there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, David. Hi. Wow, what a beautiful way to kick it off from <laughs> the final vision and pouring our hearts out like this. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I want to just welcome everyone. I'm just so honored to、uh, dive into this holy instant experience with all of you this weekend. And you can almost think of everything you've ever said or done around spirituality, or everything, all the work you've done with the course, course in miracles. It's all just been for this pinnacle, for this、uh, retreat, for this instant. Because we're going to dive in to the deep end to the most important topic in a course in miracles, and、uh, people may say, "Wow, that's that's saying something." The most important topic. I thought forgiveness was the most important topic, or I thought、uh, holy relationship was the most important topic. But but all of it is just pointing to an experience of the holy instant and. And that's what we're diving into together. And really, from down there in Mexico, from up here 
in Utah. We have music for you. We're, we've got some of the most amazing clips. Jason's going to do a clip session tomorrow. And uh, you better be well rested for this, this thing because this is going to draw you in real deep and, and take you over. You're going to be in the tractor beam of love. And, and while we all have realized that working with the Course and all authentic spiritualities require that you hide nothing, that you expose error, that you expose the unconscious and everything. What's the point of it all except for this, what we're doing here? And uh, so I wanted to start off with just what felt strong in my heart was uh, something that that will stay with you as you take this dive. And uh, I remember years ago, people would give me songs and send me stuff as I was traveling around the country and the world. And I'm going to give you a little song that uh, I want you to, to use. And I remember when I first heard it, I just had the biggest smile on my face because it was so short and so sweet and so punctuated that um, I was struck uh, by its simplicity. And uh, so here's the song. This is how I want to open up with and the song goes like this. Do I want the problem or do I want the answer? Teach only love for that is what you are. That's it. Uh, that's the whole song. Uh, I like a song like that. I mean, it's got a little rhythm to it. And I especially like the way it starts and I like the way that it ends. It's, a, it's an entire song. And really... When I, the song says, do I want the problem or do I want the answer? The answer is the holy instant. Whatever thoughts you're having about time and space, about anything, about relationships, about the past, about the pressures and the worries of the future, the answer is the holy instant. So in one sense, you can accelerate right into the goal of the course by putting your full attention on the answer. And isn't that amazing? That Imagine when we were little, if uh, our parents had said, well, don't be too concerned about what happens today. It's not really that important. Uh, don't be concerned about your schooling or grades or about uh, learning anything. Don't be concerned about uh, your friends. Don't be concerned about the planet, about pollution or... Uh, economics or anything at all because you really should focus on the answer and i'm sure a lot of us would say wow really are you sure mom are you okay you know it's like, <laughs> but to focus doesn't that make sense that that healing that love that joy that happiness would be by focusing our mind's attention on the answer and not on the problem. And so in that sense, that leads us into the holy instant. Also, I, I was looking through a course lesson that I thought would really be helpful. And uh, I, the one that I was guided to out of all the course workbook lessons was uh, Lesson 300. Only an instant 
does this world endure? Now, if your parents or somebody, imagine it's your partner or somebody in your life, a professor or anybody, if anybody had, had just said, just pause for a moment and then said, only an instant does this world endure, you might have initially had a very perplexed, puzzling look on your face like, what? Are we talking about the same planet? Are we talking about the same world? What does that mean? Only an instant does this world endure. This is Lesson 300 from A Course in Miracles workbook. And so it's like Jesus in Lesson 300, we're getting pretty far through that book, and he's, gonna, he's really like laying it out. So let's just take a moment to take a look at that. Only an instant does this world endure. Because if we accept this lesson, then we're not going to be focusing on history. And we aren't going to be in focusing on the future, any kind of ambition. We're not really going to be focusing much at all on time and space if only an instant does this world endure. It's almost like Jesus is saying, here's something that is a very helpful idea if you can just embrace it, but but you have to let go of a lot in your mind. You really have to let go of everything that's in there in consciousness to accept this. And sometimes you've heard people say, you know, you like that in a movie where people come up to you and say, well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. What do you want first, the good news or the bad news? Well, in this lesson, Jesus gives the bad news first. Because he's going to take us to eternity, but he's going to start off with only an instant does this world endure. I'm going to give you the bad news first. I'm going to give you the good news second. The bad news is this thought, only an instant does this world endure. This thought, this is a thought which can be used to say that death and sorrow are the certain lot of all who come here. He's talking about this entire time and space world. That death and sorrow are the certain lot. When Jesus says certain, he means certain. Death and sorrow are the certain lot of all who come here. For their joys are gone before they are possessed or even grasped. So it's like, he's like, I'll give it to you straight. Here's the bad news. Everything of time and space and everything of this world, is, it's a death wish. The entire world of the Big Bang, everything, all of history, and everything you perceive in linear time is a death wish. And that is a pretty big pill to swallow initially when you start looking at sunsets and um, the, the colors and... The things, there's a lot of things in this world that it doesn't seem to be purely dark. It seems to be some good and some bad. But he's saying at the beginning there that only an instant does this world endure. He's basically saying it's death and sorrow are the certain lot of all who come here. Everyone who seems to come to planet Earth has 
will have the experience of death and sorrow. That's because this world endures only for an instant. And yet, he turns it around and he flips it over. The same idea, only an instant does this world endure. Here's the good news. Yet, this is also the idea that lets no false perception keep us in its hold, nor represent more than a passing cloud upon a sky eternally serene. That's the good news. You might think of anything, even death and sorrow are just like passing clouds on an eternal sky, like a cloud on an eternal serene sky. And it is this serenity we seek, unclouded, obvious, and sure today. So he concludes this with a prayer. And this is like our prayer. This would be our prayer for, for this weekend. We seek your holy world today. For we, your loving sons, have lost our way a while. But we have listened to your voice and learned exactly what to do to be restored to heaven and our true identity. And we give thanks today the world endures but for an instant. We would go beyond that tiny instant to eternity. We would go beyond the problem to the answer. We would go beyond the belief in linear time to the holy instant. And, and we would go beyond the belief in private thoughts to an experience of full communication in which we give and receive fully without limit the communication that God would have a share. And before we started tonight, I was thinking, I was thinking a little bit about Revelation, the, the great rays and Revelation, that, that the light of God just radiates and extends. And if you can imagine, like, uh, to use an earthly analogy, like a fire hose, you know how powerful those fire hoses are, a fire hose of light is what this true communication, this revelatory communication is from God. And the only thing that blocks us from being in full awareness of that revelatory communication from God is the belief in time and also the belief in private thoughts and private minds. So if we really look at what is it going to take us what will it take to go into this experience of the Holy Instant? It's just a full awareness of total communication with everyone and everything. And, and seeing the absolute impossibility of private thoughts and private minds. And to me, this is really where the excitement is. It's because when I was looking at chapters today on the Holy Instant, when I was looking at Holy Instant, practicing the Holy Instant, some of you are familiar with that subsection from the Course, and the Holy Instant and the, the, the special relationship, all those 
amazing teachings from A Course in Miracles on the Holy Instant, it all comes down to the experience of full communication. Now, if we just take a moment and we say, let's look at that in terms of time and space. Um, if, if we look at our ministry, you know, it's like we have poured our energy into communication. Uh, everything that we do is about full, open-minded, no-holds-bar, no-limit communication. So even these broadcasts that we're doing here and, and on these beautiful weekend retreats that we're doing, it's just a full broadcast of this glorious communication that the Holy Spirit is giving us in such a full way that, that it brings us to a sense of completion and rest. Like uh, Francis and Lisa were just talking about, landing down there and all these symbols of holy encounters, first class, breeze through immigration, and then Lisa ends up in the garden as happy as can be. <laughs> that's, that's a good snapshot of, of what our ministry is, because, because we're not trying to accomplish something in this world. We're not trying to fix the world. We're not trying to change the world. I even uh, have a book coming out in February. and I was helping uh, edit some of the, the wording that they were putting in the the book uh, on the back cover because they uh, they use the word the betterment uh, for the betterment of yourself uh, and for the betterment of your relationships and the betterment of the world and I, I I was talking to Jenny and Greg and I was saying you know I really wish they would take that that betterment word out because uh, uh, I'm really not into the betterment uh, of of anything uh, I'm into truth. Truth isn't better or worse. Uh, truth isn't something that has any complexities or degrees to it. Uh, I'm happy to have seen that the only need I ever had was truth and that all these other things that seem to be part of time and space don't have any value or any reality whatsoever. Some of you are familiar with Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Remember that pyramid they taught us when we were in psychology? And they talked about, oh, the base, the basic needs at the bottom, and then a little bit, then you have a little more, and a little more, and then self-esteem needs, and this and this. And finally, you get to the very top of the pyramid, and it's self-actualization. And I was just thinking about that today. That's it. You could, you could start and end with that point. Everything, the point of everything is knowing who you are. The point of everything is the truth. And the truth doesn't have any degrees or variations. And I think that that's the most helpful thing that I could say to you, or the helpful, most helpful thing that any of us in the ministry could say, is when you open up to full communication... When you share your heart, when you let that love pour out, really what you're saying in your heart is, I desire to know the truth. I have no other needs but to know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It's not something of this world that will set you free. It's, it's the truth. And then when we start to look at things like that are important in this world, like people say, well, practically speaking, Money is important, but actually 
can we look at that together? And can we say, is that really true? Is that really essential? Remember what the Beatles said? Can't buy me love. Everybody tells me so. Can't buy me love. No, 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 no. You know, they were trying to help us <laughs> to, by telling us that, that money is not a, an essential thing in experiencing truth. You have the power of your desire, of desiring truth above all else, and that desire, desiring the holy instant, desiring the truth, is the most important thing. It turns out money is not a factor. It turns out education is not a factor. It turns out that power, as the world judges it, power, as the world would judge it, is not a factor at all. It turns out that everything that we have deemed as important in this world, and I mean everything, all-inclusive, part of time and space, has been part of a veil to keep us from knowing the truth of who we are. And therefore, by desiring the holy instant above all else, by desiring full communication, by desiring just to be an extension of God's love, just by desiring it, which you have that right now. You don't need to add on to get that. You have the ability to desire the truth above all else. You have that right now. So to me, this is exciting because that's what we're joined in right now. And, and people will say, well, I would like to think that that was the truth. And I'm just saying it is the truth. It is worth giving your full focus to. It is worth desiring. Desiring above words, desiring above concepts, desiring above even trying to have an intellectual experience of A Course in Miracles. Desire the truth above that intellectual understanding or whatever you would call that, because that, that really isn't a factor. An intellectual understanding of the Course in the end doesn't it's not the experience that you are truly seeking. It's, it's just another, you might say, another sideshow that, that the ego may say, oh, that kind of sounds pretty good. But it's, it, the ego isn't what you're after. So I, I hope today we can start off with talking about this in the most practical way because these are the kind of of workbook lessons that have been coming to me as I've been praying about this this retreat, um, the le workbook lessons are coming to me are clearly saying that it's a question of valuing. If you value littleness, you will not know the magnitude of the holy instant. And if you're unaware of what that littleness is, then then you may be valuing it and compromising on your acceptance of the truth without even knowing that you're compromising on the acceptance of the truth. The things that if you ask most people, if they said, what is valuable to you? And they listed them, friends, family, home, uh, job or career, uh, neighbors, they may talk about things that that are important to them, like whatever, jewelry or <laughs> education, 
you know, all the things that people list as valuable, Jesus would tell us, and he does tell us this in Lesson 128. Uh, he does tell us this in Lesson 133. He does tell us this throughout the book, that the things that are deemed valuable in this world all perpetuate a self-concept that God did not create and, and God doesn't even know about. And it's all perpetuating a false identity. All those things that Jesus mentions in Lesson 50, you know, including psychological things like being right, right and knowing the right people, being liked, all those kind of things that are part of the human construct are all part of the littleness. And the valuing of littleness means that, that the mind values littleness more than truth, more than the holy instant. So the main teaching here is that, as Francis opened up with, you know, can you imagine what it's like to be quiet, tranquil, to have no cares, no concerns, that glorious, peaceful state of mind can you even imagine how wonderful, how joyful, how delicious that state of mind is? That is like a call into the holy instant. And he's saying everything that you value in this world is part of littleness that blocks you from the holy instant. So you see how it's just a question of valuing. It's not about having a spiritual career. It's not about having attaining something or attaining a certain level of consciousness. It's not about anything of this world. It's simply about making clean the altar and saying and meaning, I want truth above all else. I'm not interested in anything else. I'm not interested in the things of time and space. I'm disinterested in the things of time and space that I might give my full devotion to God. This is what I really want to, to talk to you about. This is what I, I will save a huge amount of time, so to speak, by diving into this, this instant is it. This is all that there is. And there's nothing more. And it's only the idea of something else or something more or add something else and so on and so forth that just tries to muddy the waters. But this is the way this is the way we live. It's 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 a valuing. It's a valuing in our hearts. It doesn't have to do with anything in the world of form. It's a, it's a valuing. Mm, that's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah, because that takes you out of victimhood. There's nobody in this world. Nothing can stop you from feeling the direct direct experience with the Holy Spirit unless it is your own desire and valuing. So nothing mm. can st stand in between of me and my desire. Mm. Nobody, nothing have the power to say that I can't have happiness right now. Mm. So it's just so beautiful. And I really, I really feel what David was saying. Anything in this world, relationships, even families, this is controversial when we talk about families, as if leaving behind or something is possible. But this journey is 
is a journey of inclusion. In the holy instant, nobody is special, like Jesus said. It can't be a little cluster of people that are more special to you and can give you something more than everyone. Mm. So in that, in that sense, you know, to open up to the spirit and to open up to holy instant goes way beyond a biological family mm. and a friend of our own pick and choice. You know, absolutely everything, everything from the past, everything I think who I am, what I know of, my relationship, what was of value in the past, have to be totally surrendered to the Spirit in this moment for me to realize that love is total in this very instant. Mm -hmm. And I am as God created because I'm completely sustained and supported by God. And it was just like David said, it's such a, a beautiful journey, not only because it's beautiful metaphysics, but because this is an actual realization after we give ourselves over. You know, I think the, Jesus even said in, in, the, in the book, have you give yourself over completely like God has given himself over? Mm. Have you given yourself over? And I thought, you know, just as we give ourselves over to, to this pathway, but to, okay, to Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I'm yours, I'm, I'm yours completely. Teach me how to forgive. Teach me how to look at absolutely everything. Teach me who I'm to go toward, have a relationship with, is completely under his orchestration and control, then we, we realize we're so clueless about this world and time and space, and we just zoom through the world, and nothing really touches us. That's what feels funny, because Lisa and I were, we were laughing so hard since we landed here. We haven't really stopped laughing because we were looking back on this last month and a half. We went to Utah uh, a month and a half ago, and that trip when we were about to take off, uh, as we were boarding in the lane, and this guy suddenly just stopped us. We were just about to get we were, on the plane. We were just about to get on the plane, and there were like five, six people in front of us to get their um, boarding ticket scanned, and we were getting the boarding uh, pass and sticking it out, and, and then this guy just came out of nowhere and stopped Lisa and said, I have to look at your boarding, boarding pass. And Lisa was like, why? <laughs> and then he checked, and he said, you, you cannot get on this plane. And we were like, why not? He said, because this is not your plane. <laughs> and we were like, what? We were standing this we were, like We were queuing for about an hour on this plane. And then they said, this is not flying to Salt Lake City. And we saw you are flying to Salt Lake City. So, it's, so we were like, oh, thank you, because <laughs> we were just about to board. And then on the way back, it was the same. Lisa said she felt prompt to, to leave three hours before um, we were going to take off. So we thought, okay, so we went there. And it was the whole airport. We almost had the whole airport to ourselves. It was empty. It was completely empty. We were the first check-in. We were the first going through security line. And she felt so cold, she, she, she went to ask for a blanket. And um, they said, okay, we'll make sure you have one on the plane. 
and they came back with us with first class ticket and saying you guys are on the first class ticket uh, on the first class seats. We were like, great, number one, number one. We were one A and one B. And we we came and we were like clueless on the. On the airplane and laughing, and when we came off, we were the first off the plane, first went through the security line, got our luggage. Probably the first one got our luggage. Zoom out and met our friend JP. Went to the、uh, parking lot, loading our、um, luggage to the parking, and I said, "Lisa, where is your bag?" And she was like, "What? What do you mean? My, this is my purse." I said, "No, your computer bag. Don't you have your computer bag?" And she was like, "Oh no, it's on the plane." As we were like, okay, so let's go back. So we went right back to the big, and we walk into the airport. We hear Lisa. We went. We went back into this big hall of Guadalajara Airport, and with all the check-in tickets, like Air Mexico, Delta, it's very very long. So we said, let's just go to one counter. We went to the counter, and we said we lost a computer on the plane. And then this lady just walked right out with Lisa's computer bag <laughs> on her shoulder, and we were like, "That's it." <laughs> She's like, "I've been calling you." I'm like,、How? "And we and we actually looked in the bag, and I thought because I was so grateful, and then I looked in the bag, and all that was in my bag was a course of miracles and my computer. How she knew my name was unbelievable. There's no name on this bag no, no. or anything. It was just in one of the bins up there. It was so funny. Like that was all that was in the bag. Right. And we were like, "Oh, this is easy. We got our bag. We came out. It was just like." And we were laughing so hard because we we have all these situations, and yet it seems like that nothing could go wrong.、Mm. Everything was <clears throat> like steering us toward, you know, what is the easiest and simplest. And you don't have to take to even put your mind into、mm. logistics. That's what our experience has been.、Mm. We really didn't know what was going wrong,、mm. and then everything was just turned out magnificent.、Mm. So, <laughs> well, and I guess for me too, even you know, just landing there and being in the garden, I could cry about it because it, you know, it's a direct experience about the holy instant. Like nothing real can be threatened, and nothing unreal exists. It's like this real awareness of this I am and this remembrance of who I am is always right here. And you know, I was just feeling so grateful,、uh, just. You know the practice of forgiveness. You know that our life is just a life of forgiveness, and that it brings us right here, and always right here, brand new, and like everything disappears,、mm. and we're just right here in this new moment. In a real, it's real. And when you were talking about that, David, I remember actually the first time I read the course, and I was in my God room, and I remember. Like there were just certain things that really stood out for me. You know, they'd be like out in 3D, and one of them was desire the truth, desire the holy instant above all else. And I remember really getting so present with the experience of desire, and I thought, where you know, I've all this desire for all these other things. I really got present with what the things that I thought that I desired, and really got in touch with the experience of desire. You know, it's like. You know that real. You know how you, desire is like an experience. I desire that thing, and just got so present with that desiring the truth above all else, 
You know, it's almost like it, it shoots you into it. It takes you. Desiring the holy ends, it's like desiring it and really the prayer of our heart, desiring to be in reality, mm. desiring, you know, the truth above all else. It's like it pulls you into it because it is the desire of your heart. But seeing how everything else that you're desiring is is standing in the way of that. Yeah, and just... Just being here right now, talking, like, you know, even talking about the Holy Instant. I thought, how, how do you even talk about the Holy Instant? Because it's a direct experience. But, like, I'm just so grateful. Yeah, I guess I'm just so grateful to be here talking about the Holy Instant. <laughs> and, you know, like, what else do you want to talk about if you have to talk about anything? Or does it, talking about the truth. Yeah. I think the desire is also also relieve the um, the need to plan because when we desire the, the holy instant or when we desire awakening or freedom we don't even have to plan the path on our own and in, the, in fact we, we actually have to let go of our own plan and accept what has been planned for us and I realized that um, even with the last 30 days, the mystery school students who who came over and they really came with a desire to heal. And most of them didn't really have a specific things that as an outcome of the end of the, the, the school. They knew they want freedom. They knew they want to let go of suffering, but they don't have a specific. And Kirsten and I and Lisa were talking at the end of the school about an ultimate curriculum mm. where neither the student or the teacher knows the form of the curriculum because we didn't know mm. the form. We, we still couldn't talk about the curriculum in form, but all we did was with this tremendous amount of trust of the Holy Spirit and knowing that whatever that needs to be healed will be revealed by the spirit and not that we have to personally understand anybody's personal issues in order to come up with a plan or a pathway, which is impossible. So it's very, very interesting to, to watch because people who probably seemingly have uh, issues with relating to, to others, they didn't realize they come here and to work on their anger. And people who have maybe relationship dramas at home they didn't realize they come here to work on jealousy issues it's a, it's it's not anything that is necessarily logic logical mm. but it's not it's not planned by anyway. a thinking mind it is completely planned planned by the divine by the divine mind and will all we come together was to to facilitate that and to keep this uncompromising approach of we do not want to intervene. We have to let God direct. And that is all that we did was to hold that uncompromising approach and not to to get in the way or started to, you know, defer or inter- interfere with it. So that's that's become so simple, you know, this pathway becomes completely come down to the desire and completely come down to us stepping out of the way. The more I feel like I'm doing this, the more I, f- I, I see how I am still in the way. And just the witness of it gives, you know, strengthens the desire of stepping out even more. Mm. Just to allow, allow us to be guided. 
No, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I and I think too, when people go on the spiritual journey, the, the biggest misconception that they have is they they watch their mind and they go, Oh, not good. My mind is, is not good. And all I have to do is figure out a way to purify my thoughts and then I'll be back in heaven. And so they think they have to personally purify their thoughts and their mind. Uh, and it puts us huge stress on. I mean, how many people can identify with the pressure of thinking that you have to personally find a way to purify your thoughts so that you'll be acceptable to God? Like, okay, God's pure love and light. And then you look at your mind, you go, mm, not good, not good at all. And all I have to do is find a way to purify my thoughts. But but actually, I think that's the, one of the most profound things about the course. I'm just going to pop open uh, chapter. Well, I'm just going to. This was the original uh, one called. This is this section is called practicing uh, the holy instant, and and this is the part I'm going to go to read to you. I'm going to read a couple paragraphs, and we're going to pop the idea that somehow you have to purify your own thoughts. Uh, to go back to heaven, because that's going to be an impossible task for you as a person. Uh, you, you'll, you'll read, you'll meditate hundreds, thousands of hours, but you'll never be able to purify your own thoughts. And, and what I like about this section, and I'm going to read these couple paragraphs, is they're going to show you that you don't have to do that. But there is a way that is offered you, but it's not your own as you believe it. This is the way he says, he says, the reason this course is simple is that truth is simple. Complexity is of the ego and is nothing more than the ego's attempt to obscure the obvious. You could live forever in the holy instant, beginning now and reaching to eternity, but for a very simple reason. Okay, now he's going to give it to us straight. He's saying you can live forever in the in the, the holy instant and now and reaching to eternity, but there's one reason that's blocking you. Just one. That's all. Just one reason. One reason that's blocking you from eternity. And then he says, do not obscure the simplicity of this reason. He knows that <laughs> the tendency is to try to make the most bare, simple, direct instruction complex and then say, oh, I can't do it. I can't, no, I can't possibly do that. But he's saying, no, do not obscure the simplicity of this reason. For if you do, it will only be because you prefer not to recognize it and not to let it go. The simple reason simply stated is this. The holy instant is a time in which you receive and give perfect communication. This means, however, that it is a time in which your mind is open both to receive and give. It is the recognition that all minds are in communication. It therefore seeks to change nothing, but merely to accept everything. So that's the perfect communication thing, that he's saying this is going to be the experience in which you fully dive into the holy instant. You have perfect communication with everyone and everything. Now, 
not only that, but he's going to tell us more specifically about how to experience this perfect communication, because this is something that human beings don't have in their awareness. They, they don't even believe that it's possible, and yet it's, it's absolutely inevitable. And sometimes when people listen to my teachings or they listen to our community and they say, oh, yeah, you, you're the guys with uh, expression sessions all the time and you're always expressing, always exposing, and you're the no private thoughts, no people-pleasing people. You know, that's, that's kind of the tagline. You're the, you're the no private thoughts people. Does the Course even talk about private thoughts? David and the messengers and the, the whole community is on and on and on about private thoughts and no private thoughts and everything. Does, does the Course even mention that? Well, here we go. Jesus is going right directly into this. He's talked about perfect communication where you receive and give perfect communication. How can you do this when you would prefer to have private thoughts and keep them? The only way you could could do that would be to deny the perfect communication that makes the holy instant what it is. You believe that you can harbor thoughts you would not share, and that salvation lies in keeping thoughts to yourself alone. For in private thoughts, known only to yourself, you think you find a way to keep what you would have alone and share what you would share. And then you wonder why it is that you are not in full communication with those around you and with God who surrounds all of you together. Now here's the key point. This is the point that I was making earlier about you're not going to be able to purify all your thoughts because if you personally are are taking a pathway where you think, I have got to figure out a way to purify all my thoughts so that God will take me back, here's what Jesus has to say. Every thought you would keep hidden shuts communication off because you would have it so. It is impossible to recognize perfect communication while breaking communication holds value to you. Ask yourself honestly, would I want to have perfect communication and am I wholly willing to let everything that interferes with it go forever? If the answer is no, then the Holy Spirit's readiness to give it to you is not enough to make it yours, for you are not ready to share it with him. And it cannot come into a mind that has decided to oppose it. So the necessary condition for the holy instant does not require that you have no thoughts that are not pure. Oops, here he goes. He's saying, he's telling it. I'm going to read that sentence again because this is a big one. If you can just hear what he's saying in this one sentence, you are zooming, like Lisa said, like a rocket ship to truth through your desire. You are rocketing. You are saving thousands of years. You are saving yourself thousands of lessons, seeming lessons, trials, tribulations. You are rocketing like a rocket of a beam of light. You are rocketing through the illusion, and you are going right at eternity because here it is. The necessary condition for the holy instant does not require that you have no thoughts that are not pure. Woo. 
It does not require that you have no thoughts that are not pure. You're just off the hook as a person right there because he says it, it does not require that you have no thoughts that are not pure, but it does require that you have none that you would keep. Wow. You mean to tell me, me if I have impure thoughts, it's okay, and I still can enter into the holy instant as long as there are none of those impure thoughts that I would keep. He says, innocence is not of your making. So basically what this is saying is, this is why we say no private thoughts. This is why we say no people-pleasing. This is why we practice. You could even hear it in the parable that uh, that uh, Francis and Lisa were just sharing, you know. They're, they're going along as clueless as Chauncey Gardner. They get to the airport three hours before. Lisa's cold. They get a a blanket and first-class tickets, 1A and 1B. And then when they get there, Lisa forgets her bag, and she leaves her bag on the plane. And at some point, Francis just says, where's your bag? And then everything transpires. You can't mess it up. But you notice how in all the parable right there, there's, there's not a sense of trying to hold on to private thoughts. There's not a sense of feeling, oh, I made a mistake. I'm guilty for it. There's not, there was not any mention of that in the parable. There, there is not a mention of, oh, I did something wrong or I took a wrong turn. All things work together for good. But the only way we experience that all things work together for good is if we don't hold on to any private thoughts, we would not try to keep or hide or protect any private thoughts because what? Private thoughts are judgments. And whenever we try to hide or protect judgments, that's how we keep them in awareness. So this is the key that I really want you to see here on this first night is that you are not personally responsible for purifying your thoughts so you can go back to God. You are simply responsible for not trying to hide or push down or keep obscure these private thoughts and these judgments. They aren't real, but how are you going to know it unless you expose them? Now, think back. We know what healing feels like. I don't know. Do you remember years ago? I remember years ago when I heard that there was this new television show and everybody was talking about this new television show. You got to turn it on. Oh, no, it's, it's afternoon. It's in the late afternoon. You got to, oh, you got to see it. I said, what, is, what are you talking about? Oprah Winfrey. Anybody remember that? Oprah Winfrey? And so I did like everybody else. I said, I'll give it a try. And I turn on Oprah Winfrey and I see this woman who's just transparent. She's just transparent. She's going to talk about her thoughts about her weight issues. She's going to talk about her, her political concerns, her jealousies. She's like, girlfriend, let's talk. You know, she's just like on there and she's just bubbling and she's talking and she's sharing and she's exposing and she goes after every topic in the book. I mean, my gosh, you watch it every, every day, five days a week. She's got some new topic she's exposing and there they are. The people are all on there pouring their hearts out. She's pouring her heart out. And I thought, 
wow, something feels really good about this. Everybody's starting to get real here, and everybody's starting to talk about the issues, the thoughts, the concerns, instead of just trying to behave and be misprim and proper, you know, I'm a, I'm a talk show host and da, 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 and try to hold on to a self-concept. I thought, she's not really trying to hold on to her self-concept at all. She is laying bare all of her concerns and all of her issues. And, and the other people that come on the show feel comfortable about let, laying bare all their concerns and thoughts. To me, Oprah Winfrey was a great example, a great demonstration of you don't try to hide your private thoughts. You expose them in order to release them. And I could tell that she wasn't on there just for the purpose of making money, just for the purpose of being famous. I could really feel underneath that Oprah Winfrey show was there was a, a genuine, sincere desire for healing. She wanted to heal herself, and she also wanted to see other people heal, and she wanted to see the whole planet heal. I could feel that she had a very strong desire to see the entire planet heal. And this, what I just read to you from A Course in Miracles, it was coming straight from Jesus, is because she wasn't concerned that all her thoughts were pure. She was making sure that she didn't hold on to those private thoughts, that she just didn't hold on and think them, hold on to judgments and grievances, hold on to misconceptions, hold on to misbeliefs. She was there to expose them all. And, and I think everyone who had the eyes to see and the ears to hear could really see what she was actually doing. And that's just an example for all of us. That's why if you really want to enter this holy instant, practice with your partner. Practice right there in your environment. Practice with the people around you. If, if, you, if you join together with this heartfelt sense of like, I'm going, to, I'm going to expose and lay bare my soul because I trust there is a power in me that's going to lift me up and lift me beyond all the veils that I've put on myself egoically. And that's the key. And that's what I loved about what Francis and uh, Lisa have been sharing about. They're sharing the parables of joy. They're sharing their parables of, uh, it's like a, a fairy tale. You know, if, if people would just listen to Lisa and, and Francis go on and on, they'd say, you sound like you're in a fairy tale. You know, you can't mess it up. You you can't really make a, a wrong turn. Uh, you get all these things added unto you because you're just happy and joyful. And and you make it sound so natural as if that's just the way it is. And and that's really what we're saying. Miracles are natural. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. And when you're so so determined not to hide and protect private thoughts, grievances, and everything. I'll give you a good example, like opinions. Maybe you have an opinion about something. Maybe it's an opinion about food. Maybe it's an opinion about politics. Maybe it's an opinion about culture or a particular race or ethnicity. Maybe it's an opinion about A Course in Miracles. 
it doesn't matter. If you have opinions, then you're holding on to private thoughts because guess what? God doesn't have any opinions. <laughs> God, God is just pure love and there are no opinions in God. So if you're trying to hold on to, let's just say opinions, but you say to yourself, you know what? I'm not going to hide my opinions anymore. I am going to let them lay bare. I am going to even be willing to expose them. But I'm also willing to say I'm just doing this with the purpose of letting them go. I'm not doing this out of any sense of pride or any other thing, to try to convince anybody of anything, to try to change anybody's mind. I'm just going to expose my opinions. And you just practice this with your friends and families and colleagues. Um, you'll start to feel like a little bit like Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> you're going to feel pretty good after a while because you're not going to be taking them so seriously. And neither did Oprah. You know, she she learned not to take her weight so seriously. She learned not to take her body image so seriously. And I think in the end, her she realized that she had certain stances and opinions that really weren't serving her at all, and she let them go. And, and that's just an example to use Oprah. That's so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I found the course through Oprah. Actually, she was did have this desire to heal. She was... She had a show back in the 90s with Marianne Williamson on, and that's she had this desire. She was at those book clubs, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just also just want to say one thing, what you just mentioned, David, because today, you know, we it was a day of packing and putting things in order, and in the middle of the day, I was just thinking, well, I could make a cup of tea, and then I have this whoosh, I have this voice in my mind. Today is a day of reveal, reveal, reveal. Like, like I have to write something, and it was like a, impulse. What do you call it? Impulse. Impulse. And so I, I have to put aside everything, making a tea, and came to my computer and started to type. And so, like the spirit wants to, I thought, reveal of what? And, and he was, basically just looking. Telling me how when my my thoughts and action and words are in complete alignment, I feel the strength. You know, even if it means sometimes there can be ego thoughts, but if it is not completely spirit, but there is no desire to pretend, and you can in the moment of confusion or seeming situation, whatever situation it was in the in the past couple of months, he was just pointing at every time when I could just know that all that all that I need to do is to speak truth and think truth, the most truth that I could get access to. Mm. Then the strength start to grow inside, like day after day, day after day. And that's what he was trying to reveal to me, like look at how the 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 strength truly start to, to grow when you remember the truth. Like David said, all that I want is not a betterment. Betterment of anything is truth. Mm. And we have access by calling on it. Every moment that we remember to call on it. 
and total honesty, what we think, what we say, what we do, is in total alignment. It doesn't have to be purified even. It doesn't have to be total Holy Spirit thoughts 24-7. You know, but as long as they're in total integrity and alignment with no attempt, no attempt to hiding, Somehow there is such a strength that I can I can even feel growing, and then holy and then spirit says something. I typed out and I was like stunned by it. It actually said, "You can never learn by looking back at something you didn't do." Meaning that if you look back and say, "I could have done this," I would learn more if I have done that, or even by analyzing the situation, saying, "I made a mistake." Now I learn. Next time I wouldn't. He actually said you would never learn through that. He said you can only learn through what you have done through experience, and the experience of every time you you did something with the spirit. That's where you truly learn because you learn with him. You learn with the confidence. You learn with the experience of I am with the spirit always. He said, "That's the only way you learn. You you don't look back and point at the situation and trying to learn that way." So I thought, "Wow, that is something I never, and I would never say with that kind of clarity." So that just shut the door of looking back at all. There is no looking back.、Mm. There, there is never going to be any truth of pointing at the back and saying you could have done anything different, or the situation could have been any different than what it is. And the lesson is always, 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 in this moment. How much do you want to open up to true vision、mm. with the spirit、mm. in looking at everything? And that's what I, I I really love when spirit says in the course, "Holy instant is is this instant is every instant, whenever you want it, it is."、Mm. It's like so. Simple.、Mm. It's not a mystery, you know. It's it's simple and it's not mysterious. It's not. It's natural. It's natural. It's not given to the special feel.、Mm. It's accessible to absolutely everyone who have the desire.、Mm. So mm. beautiful. Mm. So delicious. <laughs> so delicious.、Mm. I love that. Well, you know, the thing too. I think. Another area we could talk about how how we expand our mind into the holy instant, like like Francis was just talking about by receiving that guidance. But but、um, when you read a novel and you feel like you're lifted up or your mind is expanded, or you listen to a piece of music and you go, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh." We're gonna actually.、Uh, Jason's gonna bring in music videos, and we're gonna bring in movie clips, and we're gonna remind you of those wow, aha, wow moments that you've experienced through music, through cinema, because that's what we're doing now. We're doing experientials. You know, you you come on a retreat because you want to be reminded of the vastness. That's why you're here. You're not here to learn some concepts or some theology. You want to be vast. You want to be so vast that you go, "Wow, that's right! I had that vast experience." And I'm thinking back 
down memory lane, I was just talking about Oprah and all this warm, gushy feeling of watching Oprah was coming to mind. Let's let's go through an experience together. I remember long time ago I watched a movie with Jodie Foster, Contact. Do you remember Contact? She had that scientific mind, and then she went through what? Some mind-blowing experiences. Mind-blowing experiences. That's why we like science fiction, some of us. That's why we like space movies, because ooh, our astronauts, our, our heroines, our heroes are going through these mind-expanding experiences. And guess what? We're watching them on the big screen, and we're going through the same mind-expanding experiences that they are. They're just representing our desire for the vastness, our desire to know who we truly are, our desire to see how powerful our mind is and how spectacular our awareness can be. And we all have had those moments. So that's part of what we're going to do this weekend is we're going to remind you. Why don't we all watch a little bit of contact? How many of you, it's been a while since you saw Jody? Oh, she's passionate. She's passionate. She's not stuffing it. She's not stuffing it down. She's going into the expansion, into the unknown, beyond her scientific mind, into things that happen to her that she can't fit in her scientific mind. She's going to the expansion. We had JC here was saying we could we could roll we could roll a clip or two to remind you about that expansiveness that you felt when you were first watching that movie Contact years ago. Let's go into it together here. Okay. <laughs> you didn't go anywhere. So the ego made perception, and now the Holy Spirit is going to use our our perceptions to take us higher and higher in awareness and closer and closer to the holy instant. So you can have these amazing experiences of mind that are so expansive. In that case, meeting her her father who had, had died, and it was just a symbol of love. It was just how much we're loved. It's just that the whole perceptual experience is just to come closer and closer up to love. That's it. That's the whole point of the Holy Spirit using perception is just to expand our minds toward the holy instant, towards that love. And then in the movie, you might remember when she comes back, then uh, she is interviewed about this. And um, this is another key lesson is that when you have vast experiences that that show you a more true reflection that takes you towards the holy instant, then you can't necessarily explain this to other people. <laughs> you have to let Jesus really guide your communications when you have these expansive experiences because they're not transferable in words. You're not going to be able to explain it and convince anybody of these mind-expanding experiences that you have. Because why? They're just for your own mind. They're just for you. They're not for anybody else. So let's run one more clip from Contact where where she comes back, and she's so full of wonder, and she has so much joy from the experience that she had. But uh, this is not something that um, 
that you can actually explain in a congressional hearing, and she that will be one more lesson that she will learn. She's showing all of us that that you can't always express and explain this to to other people. I had an experience. I can't prove it. I can't even explain it. But everything that I know as a human being, everything that I am tells me that it was real. I was given something wonderful, something that changed me forever. A vision of the universe that tells us undeniably how tiny and insignificant and how rare and precious we all are. A vision that tells us that we belong to something that is greater than ourselves, that we are not, that none of us are alone. I wish I could share that. I wish that everyone, if even for one moment, could feel that awe and humility and hope. But <laughs> that continues to be my wish. Mm. Mm. You can feel the passion underneath it. That's what we're joined in, that passion to truly know ourselves, to truly feel that expansion, to truly come into that awareness of, yes, this is who I truly am. We're here to cheer each other on. We're, that's what the Holy Instant is. It's, it's coming into a, a present state of mind where only blessing comes through you. You're always cheering yourself and everyone on. The Spirit just moves through you so naturally in an expression of just be who you truly are. It's time to remember who you are. It's time to recognize who you really are. And it's okay to not put your mind towards all these worldly, earthly concerns of time and space. That's what we're conveying. That's my journey was I simply tossed career, tossed family concerns, tossed environmental concerns, tossed concerns about time and space to the wind toss those cares and concerns to the wind and begin by desiring the truth. Just have that be your one prayer. I desire to know the truth. I desire to know who I really am. Our mind is so powerful that if you put that prayer on top, if you put that prayer out in the front, if you put that prayer number one among all prayers, enjoy the ride you are going to enjoy this ride because you're not going to be putting out all these opinions, all these 
concerns, all these uh, fears, all these judgments, you will cease with all of that because you desire to know the truth. I just saw an interview, too, with uh, the maker of that the movie uh, The Shape of Water. Did anybody see The Shape of Water? I've watched an interview. I was just so struck. I watched this interview with the filmmaker Guillermo on, uh, I think it was AFI, uh, Association of, of Film International, and it was just the most amazing thing on YouTube because... Here was this filmmaker speaking from his heart of why he made that movie, of all the the love, the presence, the connection, the going beyond taking sides. You know, that was a movie that was definitely out of the box. I, as some of you know, I did a, a talk on that down in Ajijic, uh, Mexico. But what was so good for me is I loved the movie. And then when I got to hear the filmmaker talk about his heart and why he made the movie, he basically said he couldn't, he had to make the movie because he couldn't stand what he was perceiving on, on the planet. And he had to make a statement for the unspoken love, the unjudging, the, the kind, the caring. He had to put his heart to convey what he valued the most, and that's why he made The Shape of Water, which turned out to be a very un- unconventional movie. But it, it's definitely one that touches your heart because the filmmaker had the intention of, of sharing that love and touching everyone's heart. And I could feel that. I could feel it when I was watching the interview. You can feel people's hearts. You really can feel where they're coming from. I took it as another great witness. I was like, oh, Guillermo, I love you. I've never met you, but oh, you're such a sweetie. And that's how it goes as we desire the truth above all else. We simply draw forth perceptual witnesses to what we truly desire above all else. And hallelujah. It's going to be a great weekend. We're just starting here. We're just on the first segment here. We're already ready to to take off and lift off. Love, lift us up where we belong, you know. Let's go for it. There's no holding us back now. We don't have to be bound to planet Earth, bound to human opinions and human struggles. Let's go for it. (laughs) I'm getting charged up just watching your faces. You know, we've got... A chorus, a chorus of angels. We're taking off. <laughs> oh my goodness! What a blessing! What a blessing! Oh, I think maybe we could we we could do some have some music in here too. How's our final vision? A band going there. You got another song for us all? <laughs> They're scrambling. I see them in the living room. <laughs> the final vision. John? Okay. Oh, thank you, David. Oh, my God. So beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we are going to sing a song. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, when you were talking, David, I was just thinking about the lyrics of the song. It's so perfect. Um, it's a prayer to Jesus and it's about surrendering to Jesus's plan. And it's about desiring the truth to know thyself. And it's called Miracles.
delicious. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, I love you all so much. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Oh, that's so precious. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're just also willing to be shown. We are really willing. We're calling on spirit, show me the way. Some of you uh, remember that it was a very famous Robert Browning poem, you know, the road, road less traveled, the road not taken. I think it was called the road not taken. But um, he said, two roads diverged in a woods and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. That you are all taking a path of miracles. You are dedicating your life to be shown how to wake up to to heaven. And this is no small thing. You have just dedicated your life to to know the truth, and the miracles just light your mind. They just show you the way. Like the father told uh, Jody. Foster's character, you know, basically, you know, it's in steps. You just, you can only go in the steps. It's a process until it's an instant. But really, it's only an instant. But if you're too afraid of that instant, then you're saying, okay, bring on, bring on the miracles. You got to convince me. I think I'm a human being. You tell me I'm the the Christ. Okay, we've got a difference, uh, a little gap going on there, but you've got to bridge the gap. Raise me up. Show me. Show me I'm the Christ. Show me I'm the one, like in uh, the Matrix. And and I think the key that I really want to leave you with tonight is it all comes back to your desire, desiring truth above all else, which simply means that you just have to release your desire for everything else but the truth. And then that frees your altar, your powerful mind, to just focus on that beam of light on the truth. And that's what the mind training of A Course in Miracles is going to do. When you do these workbook lessons, Jesus is is calling you out of the world every single day with every single lesson. I just popped open um, to a section here in, in the workbook. I'll just read you what he, what he says. Today, we practice letting go all thought of values we have given to the world. Isn't that fun? Will you join me in that? I have fun doing that. I, I have never had so much fun. And for years, of all I'm practicing every day is, is not valuing the things of this world. We leave it free of purposes. We gave its aspects and its phases, and its dreams. Too bad, ego. I don't value you or the world anymore. I'm not going to let this veil block me from knowing who I am. It's too important for me to know thyself. It's too important for me to remember that I'm the Christ, to be dinkering around with make-believe issues and make-believe problems of time and space. I'm not doing it anymore. We hold it purposeless within our minds. We hold it, 
That's the values of the world. We hold the world purposeless in our mind. Who but Jesus Christ is going to tell you to hold the world as purposeless in your mind? (laughs) Only Jesus would come up with something like that. If you had a professor or a parent or a family member to say, hold the purposelessness of the world in your mind, you'd probably think, "That's, that's crazy. Where did you come from? But not from Jesus. We can see this. We hold it purposeless within our minds and loosen it from all we wish it were. Whoops, goodbye fantasies. There they go. Thus do we lift the chains that bar the truth to freedom from the world and go beyond all little values and diminished goals. And then here he comes with the hush of heaven behind his words. Peace and be still a little while and see how far you rise above the world when you release your mind from chains and let it seek the level where it finds itself at home. It will be grateful to be free a little while. It knows where it belongs, but free its wings and it will fly in sureness and in joy to join its holy purpose. Let it rest in its creator. Wow, that's like, that's like mind-blowing. And here's one more thing I would add. This is from a, a couple lessons later. All things are valuable or valueless, worthy or not of being sought at all entirely desirable or not worth the slightest effort to obtain. He's teaching us. Remember we started off with the unholy instant, the problem, the private thoughts. Do I want the problem or do I want the answer? Do I want the problem or do I want the answer? Teach only love, for that is what you are. It's the simplest song you ever hear. It's even simpler than row, row, row your boat. Do I want the problem or do I want the answer? And then he's telling us how to get the answer. He's telling us in here how to reach the holy instant. He says choosing is easy because of this, because he's saying there's no debate about what's valuable or valueless. It's very, very simple. Truth is extremely super, super, super simple. The truth is true and only the truth is true. And that's the only thing that's valuable. The eternal is valuable. The temporary is valueless. The eternal was created by God. The temporary was projected from the ego. That's why the eternal is valuable and the temporary is valueless. Choosing is easy because of this. We don't have to keep buying into this idea in our mind that, oh, I can't discern between the Holy Spirit and the ego. That is not the truth. We know, I know that you you can tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and the ego. I have absolute faith and trust and confidence that you can tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and the ego. Don't let the ego try to fool you and say, oh no, you're too confused. You'll never know the way. That's just this doubt thought chattering in your mind. Because he tells us choosing is easy because of this. 
complexity is nothing but a screen of smoke which hides the very simple fact that no decision can be difficult. What is the gain to you in learning this? It is far more than merely letting you make choices easily and without pain. Heaven itself is reached with empty hands and open minds, which come with nothing to find everything and claim it as their own. Heaven itself is a decision, and it has to be the easiest decision that you'll ever make. Because why? Because it's a decision that you finally make in alignment and say, oh my gosh, it's always been about the truth. It's always been about embracing the truth. Love is the truth. It's always been about embracing love. Self-love, love for everything, everyone, love of God, all of that is really what this is about. And it has to be actually easy to choose this. This obscure veil of time and space, this mesmerism, this hypnotism of time and space, it can't really block us from remembering who we are. It doesn't have the power. If God created you and who you are is the truth, then illusions cannot succeed in blinding you from the truth. So in the end, you must humbly accept that you are the light of the world. That's the most humble admission that you could ever come to. I am the light of the world. For such is the truth. Such is the truth. And you have no idea what, what a joy I feel when I see all your faces lighting up from all over the world. This, this is not a small group. I mean, I look at these, I look at, at where you're all from and, and I just read down the list from all parts of the world, this is the appointed time to, to go for the remembrance of who you truly are and to actually just trust that everything that you seem to need to experience yourself as you truly are will be given to you in your perception. If you need mind-expanding experiences like we saw in Contact, you'll get them. If you need to watch a rerun of some Oprah Winfrey shows and cry along with Oprah, like I did, uh, then you'll cry along with Oprah. If you need to read a book, if you need to hear a song, if you need to see some movies or some movie clips, whatever you need in your perception to help you wake up to who you are will be given you easily and effortlessly. Because why? Because you're worth it. Because you're important. Because you're ultimately the one. And how can the one not know itself? I mean, that's, that's impossible for the one not to know itself. So instead of fighting against love, you're just going to surrender and give in to the inevitable and say, okay, I guess I'm, I'm the light of the world. I guess in the end, that's what it comes down to. and. Uh, 
I'm just going to have to accept it. I'm not going to uh, keep fighting against this. I can't fight this feeling anymore. I've forgotten what I've started fighting for. It's time to bring this ship into the shore and throw away the oars forever. Dun, dun. Good old REO. Come on, REO's broadcasting the awakening, REO Speedwagon for God. And and you will not fight it, you will not resist this. This this is too strong. And I'm telling you, this is gonna be a great weekend because uh oh I've seen the clips that Jason is lining up. Woo! That contact, those couple of contact clips were just the big the tiniest beginning of what you're going to see. We are collecting some of the most mind-expanding clips that we can come up with so we can all share and watch these mind-expanding clips together. Why? So we can feel the mind expansion, experience it. We're not into a theology. We're into an actual joyful experience of this expansiveness. There's no stopping you. There's absolutely no stopping you. Your life your, even your perceptual experiences in this world can take off in a whole new direction. You don't have to look back at the graph of how you got to be here in this moment. You just have to be willing to let go of trying to control the script so that the Spirit can use you for communication, for extension, for being the light of the world and, and shining your light to everything and everyone. And and I'm with you with that. I, I back you. I support you. <laughs> I'm here for you 100% in being the light of the world. So please have a good break <laughs> until we have our next session. And I actually do. I do have uh, questions that you did write in, and um, and I've got them. And I think some of you are bringing up some specific situations again, and some of you are, um, I think, Esther, you were asking about rules for decision and, and I mean, practical things. Rich, yeah, I know. Rich wrote to me about his car being stolen, and uh, he remembered that parable of when my car was stolen back in 1992 and how everything just flowed into me effortlessly. And so he's asking about, about that and uh, Laura Barreto down there. I mean, calling out to spray. I mean, I've got your questions here. So tomorrow uh, we will uh, pick these up and we'll be very practical. We're going to practically go into the holy instant from from where your experiences are and and try to drop deep into that instant as fast and as in the most direct way possible. So. We did it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Woo. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we love you so much, David. It feels like we're just boom. It's a speed up for sure. And it just feels so beautiful to have everyone here and yeah, just this beautiful experience of love and joy. I just, yeah, I'm so grateful for you, David. We love you so much. Oh. 
We love you all. I see all these faces here. It's like really, yeah. Seeing all Mitha, there's Mitha and different ones, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so beautiful. I mean, like, what else can you say after that? We just bask in the in the completeness Mm. of this moment and this instant, and that's it. There's no lack in this very instant. Mm. There's no past in this very instant, mm. and there's nothing that is is not enough, and that's that's all that we join in in this very moment. Mm. So, thank Yay. you, everyone. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah.